Welcome to The Smallest Game in Town, the podcast about the smallest no-limit Hold'em poker game in London. Hi, I'm Ray, and I like gambling, but only when the odds are in my favour. Hi, I'm Valerio, and I don't like gambling. So, Ray, you like gambling? Well, I guess it depends on how you define gambling. But if you ask me, do I like applying my skills of probability and my skills of reading people into making hopefully intelligent decisions about random events and their outcome, then yeah, I do like gambling. And you say you don't like gambling, but you come along and play in our poker game every Friday. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't like it. If it, if it is gambling, what you said, I like gambling, then mm. it's different. I was thinking about uh, more like uh, you like to play lottery tickets. No, I don't like because I don't have the right odds. But if I got the right odds, for me, it's not any more gambling. For mm. me, it's more like investment. Yeah. Or if you were like playing roulette where the house has an edge and you can't do anything to negate that edge then that that to me is pure gambling yeah definitely yeah also if it's a small edge but definitely has got yeah an edge you don't have a 50 50 let's say in red and black because there is a zero that is no yours then it's just that little edge for the house make them they make money out of that little edge yeah but I mean, our our poker game, we we play for money, not a big buy-in, a ten-pound buy-in, and at the end of the evening, people have won or they've lost. So, in a way, aren't they, aren't we gambling? So you think someone at our table is gambling? No, I think um, I think they accept the fact that they can lose money. And I think uh, that's an important realization that you're 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 coming along, you're staking ten pounds, and you could lose a bit more than that, but you're not going to lose hundreds of pounds in our game. But they, you've got to accept the fact that sometimes you get lucky, and sometimes you get unlucky. Sometimes you play well, sometimes you play badly, and actually separating out those things is actually very difficult. In a, in a game like poker and separating the luck from the skill but inevitably the two are bound together but I think we all agree that it, it is when it comes down to it in the long run it's a game of skill and I think in our game also there is a social aspect so I'm spending 10 pounds but for me it's an investment because I really enjoy myself and uh, it's good value to spend ten pounds to enjoy myself. And yeah. also, if I'm not playing well, I don't care because it's investment. It's not a big amount of money. Yeah, you could go purpose. out to the pub and easily yeah. spend more than that, and and all you come back with is a hangover. You know, yeah. that's um, gambling <laughs> with your with your life. Probably, it, it could well be. It could well be. But I mean. There's a question somebody asked me who I was sort of showing the game and they said, why do you play for money? You know, can't we just play now without playing for money? And I was 
I sort of struggled a little bit to sort of to to explain why it was important to play poker for money. How would you explain that to somebody who hasn't played poker before? Poker has been always playing with money. Then poker without money doesn't make any sense. But it's like playing football without doorposts. It's not it's not football. It's or like, yeah. playing chess without maybe pawns. I don't know. It's different. It's a different game. But when we're both chess players and we play chess, but we don't really play chess for money, do we? Well, I mean, we, we play for... But it's not an essential part of the game. No. In poker, it's, yeah. inter- it's integrated to, to the game. Without money, without betting, it's not, it's not poker. It's a, a, a game about betting, something of valuable. Yeah. So I think the the biggest issue I think if you were to play poker without having a stake, you could still have chips and so on. The problem you would have is there's nothing to stop somebody playing every hand and pushing their all their chips in every hand. And I think we'd all agree that if that happened it would be pretty boring because there's no risk. They're not they're not risking any anything by doing that. And all you do is turn the cards over and see who wins. Well, that's not a, not a particularly good game, is it? You go all, all in, always without strategy. Who cares? Yeah, it, it doesn't just matter. Chips. There's no penalty yeah. to doing so. But even if you play for a small amount of money like we do, if you were to do that every hand, you would go broke very quickly <laughs> and you'd lose a lot more than £10. Yeah, because... It ten pounds is a small buy-in, but it it is not a small buy-in if you go all in all the time, every five minutes, mm. then you can lose hundred hundred pounds. Yeah, as you found out the other night, <laughs> I didn't lose hundred hundred <laughs> <No>. pounds. <laughs> Maybe it was the biggest loss in our game, but I really needed to find out. <laughs> if it's possible to lose more yeah. than th- twenty pounds, and then I lost twenty-seven pounds, is probably one of the biggest losses. I think. I think. Yeah. I think three buy-ins is probably the. Uh, it's going to be the maximum in our game that anyone yeah. will lose. I'm. I'm. I'm fairly sure about that. But. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, I suppose, I think we should say, however you define gambling, what we're not doing in our game is encouraging people to gamble recklessly and, and play. And, and lose lots of money and, and become a, have a serious gambling problem. There's a, a nice social aspect to our game, and I think we've all become friends over the time of playing playing together, and that and that's important. I think probably if someone go over like four by eight, then we start to be worried a little bit. Yeah, probably I think we. We yeah. wouldn't allow that, but it's very hard as well to go over that because we have a limited session. It's just three hours, and to have a buy-in in three hours, it's very hard. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I think you'd um, you'd have to really be, be have a very bad run of, of luck or really bad reckless play. reckless yeah. play, and yeah. I, we just don't we don't really have those those, those players. But I think we should be clear to people that we we play very seriously and and I think we're very interested in the play of the hand and when we have our break and if we've had a, an interesting hand then we tend to talk about it well this whole podcast came about from the fact that 
we got enjoyment out of discussing the hands afterwards you know I would call you up on a Sunday and we'd we'd spend spend an hour on the phone just talking about what had happened in the game so I think um, there's a social aspect to it that happens on a Friday night and the play of the game on a Friday night but it does have an effect in other parts of the week when we're talking about it or as in indeed as we meet to to uh, prepare this podcast definitely i like a uh, strategic games you know you think okay i could have i got position you start thinking about uh, all strategies connected to that hand how can you improve it and it's something that i like not everybody like this kind of games but i like like you, we like chess, that is a game of strategy. Poker is a game of strategy. Maybe simple game compared to chess with pure rules, mm. but one small detail is very important because there are few rules. In chess, it's more like you make a mistake, little mistake, you can get over and get back to the game unless it's a big, huge mistake. Here, just a small mistake, uh, overbetting or going all in the, in the wrong time, and just you lose all the stock. Mm. Then it's there are more nuisance in poker, I think, than in chess compared to chess. Yeah, I think it's yeah. interesting, but also you have a not just the sort of pure mechanics of the cards and the hands. You've got the psychology of it all, and how people are playing and. You have the ability to misrepresent your hand to the rest of the players. On a chessboard, you can't do that. Your position is there for everyone to see. Yeah, but also in chess, any sport, I think the psychological aspect is important always. Because if you are afraid of chess, you can lose your focus, your concentration, and see ghosts where there are no ghosts. Then... You start overanalyzing a position, think that the opponent has studied something compl- complex, statically complex. Sometimes you see, oh, I win in one, in three moves. And then you start overthinking, maybe it was winning, but you see a ghost and you are not making any more that move because you're afraid of your opponents because, oh, wow, he's a grandmaster, this one, or he's a very titled player. Mm then you, you see, it's easy. But in any game, in any sport. You, you but I, I was thinking in chess, you don't have that same degree of interaction with your opponent. I mean, they're not saying to you, oh, I'm, I'm winning in five moves. Don't, don't do that. You know, yeah, you know yeah. or, there's no equivalent of like um, them trying to bluff you, you know, out by making an all-in move or something like that yeah. i think it, it, there's a slight difference there but i know i take your point a lot of there's always a psychological aspect that you obviously sometimes just bring on yourself but in poker you're watching and observing all the other players around the table you're seeing what they're doing and they directly affect you by by their by their uh, actions and their there's there's psychological warfare with you i suppose i like this word psychological warfare <laughs> poker yeah. is like this it's ah. a psychological warfare it's all about a mental game but if you it's think ab- about if that. you think about it 
the number of times, say, I get a really good hand, I, I get a set of aces and you get a set of kings, and we go all in and I win 80% of the time. And equally, that can happen in your favour. Well, that's not going to change who's, who's going to win the most. What's going to happen is how we play hands differently. And that's quite key, I think. Is so, you know, if I get ace-king and I always three-bet with it, but you always call with it, that's a different way of playing ace-king. And that's going to result in a different, different mm-hmm. win. You know, the, the hands where we, we cooler each other are, are kind of fun and, and you hope you're on the right end of it. But I think it's where you make different decisions to your opponent, having had, you know, being in the same, having the same hand. We've got players in our game who call a lot, very rarely raise. And we have players in our game who raise a lot. Well, that's an immediate difference. With aces, I'm, I think I'm almost always going to raise. But Mark will probably just want to call with them and slow play them. That has a different impact. So practically, in poker, you figure out how the other players are playing. And you bet on that assumption. Sometimes you can be right, sometimes you can be wrong. But it's betting to the way the other players are playing and thinking you figure out what kind of hands they are playing and then you can bet on your assumption. No? I think that's right. I mean, I, I think oh, I remember when I first started playing poker, like in the early 2000s when there was a real boom in poker, people kind of thought that you had two cards in your hand that no one else can see and you can't see the other cards. And if you could figure out what the other guy's cards were, then you could play accordingly. And it's really hard to try and guess exactly what two cards someone is playing. I mean, and I think what's interesting in the modern thinking now is don't even really try to do that. Think about what range of cards they're playing And then how would they play those, that, those, those, that range of cards? What is consistent with their betting actions and, and, and their actions at the table to help you define what the range might be? And now I kind of I do a lot more of that rather than trying to you know, beat myself up because I can't guess that you've got ace-king of hearts or something like that. And that's, what, that's what's important. So it's more statistical now than uh, understanding exactly in that hand what kind of hands has got the opponent. It's more like usually it's got this range of cards. I think it's what combinations they have of cards. So um, I know that, for example, if, if I raise and you just call me, I'm pretty sure you haven't got a pair of aces or a pair of kings or a pair of queens. I can rule that out. I can Because probably rule it. Because it's the way I play. Because it's the way you play. You don't, you know, you don't, with those hands, you will want to three bet me. Yeah. So um, I think I know that you haven't got those in your range. Now, okay, you can sometimes surprise me perhaps, but yeah. I, I know that you don't have those in your range. So if an ace comes on the, on the flop, I know that you probably haven't got a set of aces example that's a basic example but i think trying to have an idea of that range is important and then how that person plays that range 
is the next thing you have to figure out. I mean, we, we're, we're probably going to talk a lot about, we've come up with this idea of people playing within a box. And I think that kind of sums up how, how certainly amateur players like us play, is that we all defined uh, in, in a different way, but we have a limit to our game, uh, which is our box. I thinking about when you were saying about my aces, you know, you say, I know how you play aces. You raise me. Then I know that you can have a set because you didn't raise me. Then I can think, okay, I can use this information to outplay you. But I know that it's not worth for me doing any way. It's worth raise because I know that you, you are not going to pay me off my aces anyway that's why it's good to be aggressive for me against you because i know that you are not going to pay me off my slow playing of aces then it's not worth in general although it can be a good strategy oh you thinking like this i can change the strategy but it's not worth in general that's why i told you that so that, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know because uh, it's not worth playing slowly i, I anyway. can't believe you know, and also you're not you're not always playing against me Yeah. You're playing against the other the other guys around the table, so yeah. um, I think you you can't always sort of make a strategy up purely to try and exploit one player. You've yeah. got to realize there are other players in in the hand, and we often have multi-way pots. So, and I'm sure we're going to have an episode about the complexities of playing multi-way because it comes up again and again in our games. Yes, I think it's all. I think it's all. I think it's all. 